Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. God as a 
as a son, and, and watch this now. There's no commentary made in Scripture about all the living people that Eve gave birth to before they sinned, before Adam failed as a son, because everything was going to plan. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So all these people that's going out to replenish the earth, that's the order of God. Now Adam fails as a son, but all of, all of creation is affected. Now everything that he gives birth to, everything that he reproduces, has his failure in him. Or in them, rather. How many of you see that? My, my issue, I want to, I'm going to spend some time subject today, I want fathers to understand, is that you do not fail as a father. It's virtually impossible to fail as a father. Either you prepare for fatherhood or you're not. Well, what, what classifies or qualifies whether or not I'm prepared? Are you an ill-adjusted son? How do you view fatherhood? Because the way you view fatherhood is the type of, the type of father you're going to be. And you get your perception of fatherhood from sonship. Father's Can I ask you to go over for a minute? Can I ask you to go over? How many of you have spent some, some quiet time that you've not scared you and just happened to make a day dream and then you could have your bit of fun? Let me ask you a question. How many of you remember your dad? All of you have been. How many of you remember your dad? Remember your dad? Okay, now because we were lying and really old or literally, I'm not asking any further questions that we created to you. <laughs> but when you look at fathers, fathers are given this daunting, almost impossible task of keeping a family unit together and acting as if sin. While, while the forces of original sin coupled with the passing of time produces what we call aging. Sin plus time equals age. And as we age, sin robs us of our faculties in, in various ways, and we become afraid. You're going to go through things in your life, fathers. You're going to go through things in your life where you become afraid, and you begin to question yourself, and it all goes back to how you were adjusted to sin. So today I want to talk to you about the adjustment of sonship. I want to talk to you about the adjustment of sonship. This is probably, like on a relational level, probably one of the most important things I've ever seen to you. As a pastor, uh, a pastor, I am a sheep herder by trade. That's just the call of God. Sheep need to be directed and conveyed. But in that, I need to be a father. When you come to church, and especially in the African American community, we look to pastors as leaders. But when you do the percentage of it, you'll find that only 70%, and that's all, so I'm just throwing a number out there, it could be anywhere between 55, I believe, and maybe 80%. Of men in the pulpit were raised by their mothers. So you have a man up here in the role of a father that was never really fathered by a man. He was never, he was never taught how to be a man. As I said to you last week, a mother could impart her faith to you. She can teach you how to treat women, but she can't teach you how to be a man. Only a man can teach a man how to be a man. You got it? And so when the women say, well, Pastor, I don't say this because what about daughters? Well, here's how it comes in. See, every daughter that is, because you can't be born without a father. I mean, that's a good Somebody is your daddy. Okay? 
but your father was somebody's son. And if your father was somebody's ill-adjusted son, that means your father was ill-prepared. Sometimes fathers will handle you with full hands of duty. You get it? Or confused hands of perversion. Or they would even be absent and treat you as a financial obligation. Still, there are those who will have to work in a room with you because the thought of that whole relationship brings out to them how dysfunctional they were and they, they don't even want to see you become what they have been. Now we release all these people and we come to church and we call ourselves a family. Because a church is a family of families. And we bring all our issues to church and we, and we look to God and we say, fix me. But before God can fix you, we just to understand sonship. Are you already finished, Jimmy? Today we've got more people who have a lot of fun, but I don't think stuff in the mind. I want to have you thinking. So when you talk to your thinking, if you have more of you thinking. <laughs> All right, go in the Bible to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Important lessons about sonship. We want to talk to you about the adjusted son. How to be an adjusted son. I'm going to tell you one, two, three, four, five, maybe six things if I get to them. If I get to them, I, won't, I probably won't get that far. I'll I, I deal with five today. But when I talk this on last week, and he said, Pastor, I thought this is the year of strength and the teaching of strength. Yes, I'm strengthening the family. Today we strengthen the family. I want to spend this series. I'm listening to me. The most important people in the world right now as it relates to the, the, uh, the degradation that's happening out in society, the most important people are fathers. Fathers. But even if the child came from premature relationship, you entered into a relationship that, that God could not bless because you made no covenant. Even if that's the case, still, in, in, in a single parent setting, there needs to be a man, that father needs to be there speaking into the child's life. And, and listen, it's possible to have good children while they deal with baby mama drama. I don't want to speak to all the baby mama, baby mamas in here. If you say you shouldn't be acting out, baby mama drama. Amen, hallelujah, and amen. Okay? First John chapter, what I said to you. First John chapter 2, verse 1. The first thing that we need to learn about sonship is that sonship is a position of high honor. And not something to be ashamed of, not something to be rebelled against or taken lightly. Now, Pastor, why would you make a mistake? Make a mistake because in this setting and in most settings, most men don't learn to be sons until they become adults. And by the time you become an adult, the enemy is feeding you this foolishness because he's playing on your pride and telling you, grown man, you do what you want. Grown man, you know, I tell you nothing, you're a man. And he realizes, now watch this now, we, we all came to, we came to God through Jesus Christ, that's Christianity. And the one thing that when God spoke of Jesus Christ, he could have said a lot of things about him, but he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Bible says in Romans, we're going to talk about it also in Romans 8, the Bible says, 
they that are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And immediately after Jesus comes out of the, the baptismal river, the Jordan River, he's led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And the first thing the devil says to them is, if you are a son, he didn't say if you have power. He didn't say if you're educated. He, he says, since you think you got son, then do this. The first thing the enemy attacks is your sonship. Because he understands the, the measure of your sonship will affect the measure of your fatherhood. And so the first, the first lesson we learn here is sonship is a position for my honor. It's not something to be ashamed. I'm not ashamed that, that I have a biological father that when I go home, he still treats me like a son. I went home to visit my dad a couple of years ago to Thanksgiving, and I said, we'll be here. And the first year, I took both my sons with me. And so I, I have my oldest son with me. He's like 26. I have ready to be able to be tired. He's 21. And here I am in my 40s. And my dad, you know, he's in the 60s. And, 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 and he's treated me with great respect. But it comes a time we say, oh, you need to do this. And so and he, he needs this piece of bread up to the father. I'm a son. Comes into my room and want to get up. Let's go walk a walk. Man, I'm tired, man. My, my clock is off in New York. I walk with him. I walk down the street. He's waiting for all these people. Hey, this is my boy. All these old friends and me. Hey, this is my boy, Hartley. Remember Hartley? Okay, yeah, come on, man. You got my doctor to do any more. I mean, I ain't your boy. I'm thinking that, but he's, I'm like, this is my boy. Now, uh, should I be ashamed of that? Should I rebel against that? Or should I take it like this? Oh, no, that's just old. No, no. My father said, this is my boy, and look at what my boy has become. He said, well, why is that significant? Because his father died. His father was murdered with by his mistress when he was five. He was raised without a dad. And so here he is now. He's a father, and he fumbled and bumbled with wood. But now he said, I have a son, and look. It's not bad. Now watch this. He didn't turn out bad. And what dad was saying was, I missed the whole thing. It, it screamed at me. That's my boy. And as a, as a father, as a man myself, he called me his boy in front of my boys. There's something tremendous happened. My relationship with my oldest son is all a little bit different because of the Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. And now, a word from our sponsor. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. Yeah. There are now two ways for you to receive this regular encouragement via text message. Simply text Uplift to 46786 and you'll receive this regular encouragement on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To receive this encouragement on a daily basis, download 
download the NCC Family app available in the app stores for Apple and Google Play. Once again, to receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift via text message, simply text UPLIFT to 46786 and you'll be able to receive this encouragement on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. To receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift on a daily basis, simply download the free NCC Family app available in the app stores for iTunes and Google Play. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. I know you're going to dig this. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. children will reject you and reject your authority and reject your counsel until they see that you esteem something and that you think it's a position of honor. And when they see that you honor it, then they will honor you. First John chapter 3 verse 1, are you there? It says, Behold, what manner of love, the word love is the, the Greek word adopted or adopted or adopted or adopted or how you read it, it says, it, uh, this love is a love of value and worth. What man of love the Father or value the Father stood upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, because we call the sons of God, the world does not know us because it don't know Him. It, the, the world knows us not, knows us not because it knew Him not. Now everybody look at me. So that's what it says. It says, in order for in order for the world to perceive who I am and what I'm becoming, you have to know God because He's my Father. Here's the rule: the rule is you won't understand a person until you understand where they came from. And the world, who do you think you're, you're better than me? You think you're holier than that? The Bible says, "Judge not every sin and over sin." <laughs> but what they do, but now watch it. They, they they talk to you like that because they don't know your Father. See, God, the, the image of God is forging its way out into you, and you're becoming like your father, but the world doesn't know him, so they don't understand what you're becoming. But the Bible says, the Bible says, look at what, what manner of love is this? What, what value, what worth God is pointing you that he calls you his son? And incidentally, for the women here, um, in, in the New Testament, sonship is not limited to gender. In other words, it's not just male-specific. It, it is the, the women in the men. In Christ, there is no... This is not an asexual gospel, but it really is because of spiritual things. Okay? There's a reason why the Bible says that in heaven they would be either married, no, given it, they would marry one another, or be given a marriage, because we all would be basically with God is. Now look at this now, verse 2. They love, now we the sons of God. 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 Now I am a son 
No, no, you have, you have a son. Are you a son of God? That means that the thing that's working in you did not initiate with you. It came from your daddy. No, listen to me. And what, it, what Satan is fighting against is the image of God that's trying to work its way out in you. That's why you're going through what you're going through. Satan is trying to fight against the image of God. You're God's son. We're going to talk to him about that. Number two. Number two. Sonship is a privilege that comes as a result of accepting God, accepting God's plan for your life. Sonship is a privilege that comes as a result of accepting God's plan for your life. So, in other words, you will never become a, a, a properly adjusted son until you understand or get a, a, a revelation of God's plan. And that is why Christians follow the Holy Spirit. As my son has grown up, to me, it's a point of reference to see what God is like. The Apostle Paul says, For this cause, I bow my knee to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it says, The Father whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. He's the Father of all. He's, he's, he's daddy to angels. He's daddy to humans. He is the, he's the ultimate Father. Jesus said, When you pray, say, Our Father, which is in heaven. Holy to be respected and developed by honor is the name, the very name called you by. And watch this, this is critical. In order for me to understand sonship fully, the relationship of son, I've got to submit to God's plan. In order for me to become son, watch this. Go to John chapter 1, verse 12. The first step in accepting God's plan for my life is that I have to receive Jesus Christ. And now, now when you hear what we say, modern church says receiving as, as your Lord and Savior. As your Lord and Savior, right? But we don't really use those words anymore, so let me give you the modern day uh, revelation of that. As my liberator and leader, if God is going to be my Father, if I am going to be a son, I have to receive Jesus Christ, the, the, uh, the old time and say, as my Lord and Savior. Or my Savior and Lord. That's the order. Savior and Lord. Savior first that he rules my life. But really, it's, it's my liberator and my leader. He first has to liberate me from the kingdom of God. Then he has to lead me into this life that he has for me. Everybody say, God is my liberator and my leader. Now, now, if we could, could put this into a pragmatic, um, doable package and make it our everyday lives, our lives would be better. But I want to show you something in John chapter 1, verse 12. Okay, let's go there. John chapter 1. Oh, it's on the board. It says, But as many as received him, the then gave he power. Literally, the word, the, the word is right. He gave him the right. He gave him the privilege or the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Which were not born of blood, not of, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In other words, you say, when a person is born again, it's not something that came from the natural world. It's not a decision you made. I know you thought it came. No, no, you say, but I found the Lord. No, you didn't know the Lord. So you didn't find the Lord. Really, what happened? The Lord drew you to Him. The Lord found you. When, and when He found you, even the decision you made, well, as you responded to the grace of God along the way, in little, what God was doing, God was causing your will to make little concessions. That's how the, the, the will of man works. We don't, we don't make decisions in one fell swoop. 
What we do is we get our will. We, we, our will gives little concessions along the way until we're ready for the big jump. And so God positioned you in a way where you can respond to Him. And as you responded little by little, now He brings you to a place and He calls you the question. How many will receive Jesus Christ? And right then, you sense a drawing stronger than any other drawing you have, and you responded to it. And when you came forth, many of you, you hear this testimony over and over again. Next thing you know, I was at the altar. I mean, I don't know how I got that. Next thing I was just standing at the altar. Because there was more of God than next to you. And that's very, very mentality. That very, very mindset is what God is looking for in your everyday life. I want you to so, so we learn here that something comes as a result of me accepting God's plan for my life. And the first step is that I must receive Jesus Christ as my liberated and my Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Sonship places itself under the supervision of fatherhood. And this is where we can make a word. Supervision of fatherhood. Everybody say fatherhood. In Romans 8, 14, I quote a scripture that I want to read to you. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Aren't you everybody? Can you see it on the board? I want you to just read that loud, right? Let's read it together. For as many... Uh-huh. Now watch this. I'm going to read it. This is the second one. One of the, the biggest disconnects between fathers and sons is between. One, one of the greatest disconnects between fathers and sons also is experience. A father has been places that his son has not been. A father can see things that his son cannot see. But what some stand to do when we interject in a son, now watch, I'm going to use music. When my daughter came home from the country, and Bishop and I sat, I knew for years, and tell the story often, but we sat in this luxurious hotel that we were at, the ladies were shopping, and we sitting there, and Bishop invited me to school to take a walk, and he said to me, so how was that? And I stood up, I said, Bishop, I said, I said, I said, I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to And he was getting more and more. But then he opened his mouth and said to me, He said, Are you a pastor or not? This is not about you. He said, You are a father. The devil's trying to kill your family. What are you going to do? I said, Well, Bishop, I'm sort of hurt. He said, You don't have time to be hurt. I got offended. You mean tell me I can't hurt? No, I'm telling you, we in the lobby of this luxurious hotel, these uh, rich people walking through, and we have this like, I can't hurt? I'm in. He said, You're a pastor. Watch this now. Bishop said to me, he said, He said, If a member of your church come to you and told you my child is pregnant, what would you have told them? My father and the Lord 
just a mere society of what we see. It's obvious to me at that moment the problem with us is not that we're not mad at each other. We have a disconnect. Obviously, he's been here before. Obviously, he's seen something I don't see. Now I have to overcome my pride. If I'm going to be somehow, I have to be led of a spirit. Because I have to overcome my pride to hear what he's saying. He said, if it come to you, what you do? Walk me through it, Pastor Ramsey. That's a vision of the and the church of 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 the There's a show that comes on television that I don't watch it. I watch a couple of episodes of it because I want to start to talk about this, this, this episode was called Father. You've been Father. Let's see you walk with the mother that they start from life. Let me take I call her Queen. When I walked in the house, I was concerned she was going to she didn't We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Art Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.